0: Thank you. Magic. And we are very lucky today. It is a Sunday. Usually, we would not have the pleasure of this person's company on a Sunday because he's usually concentrating on the Jets. But uh, they were off this week, uh, probably for the best. So we are <laughs> we are lucky to have with us uh, for the post game Michael Nania. Michael, how are you tonight?
1: I'm doing good, and like you said, Jets bye week. That's great. So get to take in some Knicks as I always do, but get to focus solely on the Knicks today and coming up short as usual but as always there are some positives to take out of it and all part of the process so
0: doing good it is you know and that's kind of where I want to start because it's it a basketball season is is interesting it's a long season and when you start out you know it, things are very clear-cut it's like before the season started for the Knicks it was okay wins and losses don't matter the playing time and development of the young players is what does matter and it is basically as simple as that uh you know obviously you want to try to beef up the value of your veterans you want to present yourself as an organization that knows what they're doing you know could get a guy to come here that has some talent and make him better and then you kind of get into the season and then it starts to get like foggier and it's not like your priorities change but I feel like it almost becomes more difficult to assess things. Do you do you understand what I'm talking about with that or am I crazy?
1: Yeah, I think I get what you're saying because like, when you go into the season, it's easy to go into and accept, okay, look, our team's not talented. Our team is young. We're raw. We're in rebuilding mode. We're going to lose a lot of games this season. We're building for the future. We want to set ourselves up to bring in a big free agent to uh, – Get good draft position and focus on developing our young guys. It's easier. It's a lot easier to tell yourself it's going to work out before it happens, and then when the losses actually start coming in, it's tough because the reason you root for a team and make yourself a fan is because you want to invest in it and enjoy the highs of winning. So when those wins aren't coming, even if you expect it, it's still tough to deal with. But ultimately, it it is part of the process. So it, it is tough to deal with the losing, but I mean, as Knicks fans we should be
0: used to it by now. We, but yeah, we should, but do we do it? It's definitely ever...
1: a lot harder to embrace it when it's actually happening.
0: No, totally. And and I think so let's start with this. The Knicks, so first of all, uh, final score, they lost one thirty one to one seventeen. Obviously, uh, they gave up a lot of points again to uh, an Orlando Magic team that granted has been playing uh probably as well as all but Actually, they might be playing as well as any team in the league over the last two weeks. They're now 7-2 and two in their last uh, nine games, including some impressive wins, um, and then two wins over the Knicks. Uh, they came out—I I don't know that—have you ever seen a team come out and to start a game like they were? I think they, they had 30 points in the first six minutes and 15 seconds, and it's like—I'm not about to say that the Knicks defense was good. It was quite bad. Um, but it was like everything that the Magic were throwing up right. was was yeah. going in. Uh, so that was so basically after that they you know the Knicks went from playing atrocious defense to just you know playing not great defense. Um, and then you know they kept it close. They got it within one, and then ultimately the Magic pulled away in the fourth quarter. Uh, let's start with this: Are you out of all of the Knicks? kids because we saw them all play tonight. Um, None of them really stood out. In this season of development, are you concerned about any of their young players at this point or are you still feeling pretty good even after a game like tonight where none of them particularly were were very good? I think the biggest concern definitely has to be
1: Frank's offense. And I don't think I'm concerned with it because we we knew this was going to be his arc his process coming in we knew he had the raw athlete not the athleticism but the size we knew he had he had the size the tenacity the defensive ability and the upside coming in but we knew the scoring was going to be tough to come by for him coming in because even over uh, in Europe when he's playing he wasn't a big scorer so it was going to be hard for him to come right in not only as a rookie but even into his second season to be a scorer or a uh, a big-time offensive producer in any sort of way but I do think it's a little concerning he plays 21 minutes tonight only takes one shot and that was a pretty good uh, fast break opportunity against Terrence Ross that he kind of botched and got blocked on that one not attacking aggressively enough and getting himself a good opportunity there but I think Frank's offense is a little concerning because the progression hasn't been there that much I think I wrote about it earlier on Nick's film schools. Some of the tendencies are better. He's shooting more threes. We're seeing some more efficient looks out of him, but the efficiency hasn't risen yet and he's still not scoring a lot. He still seems pretty indecisive. So I really do want to see Frank get a lot more confident on offense because the talents there, we see it all the time. He's got a pretty shot. We know he can finish and drive and his passing ability is, looks really special when it's really working for him. So I would love to see Frank get more confident in his offense, but I'm not too worried about it yet just because we knew how much of a process this was going to be for him. But I do think that I really would like to see some more out of Frank on the offensive side over the course of the season. If he finishes this season with similar numbers and production on that side as he has right now, I think I'd be pretty concerned at that point. But it is still pretty early, so I'm willing to give him the rest of the season. But you look at the impact he has on the offensive side – the Knicks are scoring ten less points per hundred oh, it's, it's with him on the court, so
0: it's unavoidable like the, the impact isn't there. So yeah. the numbers are, really give him time, but the numbers are what they are. It's like I'm the biggest Frank supporter in the world. I think you're a fan of him. We just had Chris Herring on the other day. He's obviously a fan of Frank. No one would look at, at Frank this year and say he is doing enough on offense. And I think actually that the, the perfect way to phrase it was how his head coach phrased it after the game. So Fizdale was asked explicitly um, about Frank and his uh, lack of offense. And he, he said he's not stressing it. He said he did a great job on Terrence Ross and that there are other guys that could score, which I think when people like when they get on Frank for his lack of offensive production, people forget sometimes that like, if you're talking about building a team that great players wanna to come to and wanna play. Guess what? They wanna come play with a guy who doesn't demand shots, doesn't need the ball, and can do all the dirty work and defend the guy that you don't want to have to defend. So that's all positive. But Fisdale was then pressed on it, it got asked another question about Frank, and he said in response to that, that it's his offense is just gonna be a matter of him getting there and taking shots when they're there but again that he's not worried so I think when we're talking about Frank's offense I think there's a fine line between him you know not needing the ball and still being someone that can draw the attention of the defense versus getting like below that acceptable modicum of aggression where defenses at least need to think about you and You know, any way you cut it, 22 minutes, one shot, yes, that can be okay if when you have the ball, like, out on the three-point line, a defense still has to respect you. And for the first time tonight, I got the sense that he didn't even look for his shot on the occasions that he got it. Now, he didn't get it that much, um, and you referenced, obviously, the one shot he took that got blocked, but in terms of the whole season, I obviously also also am willing to give him the whole year. I just and I'm accepting the fact that it's going to be ups and downs. I just think, you know, we're human. We we would be all encouraged if another another peak came um, after we've been in this valley for a little bit. Um, okay, so we talked about Frank. Let's talk about the vets. Um, I'll leave it up to you. We we could we could go one of two ways. We could talk about Burke, or we could talk about Cantor. Very very different kind of games tonight. Who do you want to go with?
1: Uh, I guess we'll start with the guy who's kind of been taking the most attention. I guess we can talk about Cantor, and he had a pretty big game in this one. 21 points, 19 rebounds, three assists, too. But I think it's just the same story as it always is with Cantor. He's going to score. He's going to get rebounds. And the scoring is going to be there because, like we know with this team, they don't have that much, uh, too too many perimeter threats offensively. And you got Frank out there who only takes – one shot in 20 minutes, so there's going to be more shots for Cantor than most big men are going to get in this league, most low-post big men who don't go outside. So he's going to get his points. Uh, He's a good rebounder. You know he is, but the defense is just always going to be a problem with him. The team gives up 131 points and a 650 e field goal percentage in this game, and a lot of that was inside the Magic shot, 57% from the field and about – uh, over uh, around 70% in two point range. And Candor is going to be a big point of that, uh, a big part of that whenever he's playing big minutes. So the story is always similar with him. He's like we said, he's going to fill up the box score, but the impact is just not positive with him because of how much he struggles on defense. And the the whole Twitter thing is just kind of annoying with the bot oh. tweets and stuff. I think, I think that's immature. Because, he
0: just, he needs to call yeah. it like it, it's enough. And, and, I don't think it has seeped into the locker room because, like, you know, I don't know if you saw um, on Twitter, the Knicks went out to the movies last night. They saw Creed 2, wonderful, great. Uh, Cantor was there, a big smile on his face with a bunch of the kids. Uh, So, you know, look, clearly good dude, seemingly good teammate. Yeah, definitely. He's a
1: good guy. I just think that from the – perspective of the fan base, it's just not a good look because we know he's part of the problem in terms of the losing. So it's just not a good look and definitely as a guy who fans already not that they don't want to watch him, but like we know he's not part of the future. So for him to not be part of the future, not be helping them win now, uh in spite of what he does on the glass and as a score, it's it's just not a good look. And like you said, the whole the movie thing, that's great. We know how grave a guy he is, but eventually as the team starts losing and losing and if he's going to be immature like that it could have a negative impact potentially so I mean I would like to see him kind of just accept his role a little bit he does help the team win to a degree with what he brings as a score and rebounder especially with how little help the Knicks get in both those areas with everybody else so he is going to have a role for however much longer he does this season we'll see if they can dump him however they can if that can potentially happen but until he does I think he kinda of has to be a better a better sport with this and just accept how he's gonna be played.
0: He he does. And look, there's gonna be nights like this where he plays thirty eight minutes. There's gonna be nights like against New Orleans when it was a terrible matchup and he doesn't play at all. You know, I I think there is still a world where Cantor could be an effective player in this league. If you surround him with four really strong perimeter defenders, um, and he's you know, guarding a guy that is not going to pull him out to the three-point line. It's just the Knicks don't have that roster even a little bit. So is it fair to him? No. Uh, Is it fair to him that because of the Knicks' lack of perimeter defenders that he is put in the untenable position of being a last line of defense that is not a last line of defense? No. But these are, this is the situation that we are left in and we see it play out night after night after night. As long as he is here, he's going to get minutes because you, you can't just bench a, a guy like that and not play him. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think we're heading to a place where he is not going to be on this team at the end of the season. Whether that somehow miraculously comes about by a trade, we'll see. Um, I have a feeling it's going to be a buyout, but um, we got probably some time that's going to pass before that. Let's hit Trey Burke before we we go, because... <laughs> so Trey Burke played 29 minutes, scored 31 points on 20 shots. Um, an incredibly efficient offensive game, despite the fact that he was only 1-7 for seven from deep. Got to the line 10 times, uh, along with Timmy. Both of them got to the line 10 times. That's a great sign. Um, you know, and Trey Burke essentially came out and said a few days ago, that he is going to come out and look for his shot when he gets in the game. And, you know, we see what's happening. So do you have an issue with Trey Burke being on this team and essentially acting as like the entire offense, maybe not the entire offense, that's the wrong, that's, that's not right, just such a huge part of the offense when he comes in, is that a good expenditure of minutes for this particular team, given their priorities this year?
1: Well, I, I think at the end of the day, even though even though Fisdale knows, and he said it publicly, this is a year about development, the Knicks still have to try and win games. And if Frank is not going to be a factor, if Knox is going to continue to struggle shooting, if Trier is going to continue to struggle shooting, then the, Fisdale's got to find something else to keep them competitive. As much as he wants to give those guys minutes, I agree. he's got to find someone to keep them in games. And if Burke is going to be hot, then he deserves to keep playing. And and we, as we've seen it with Fisdale, he's not going to give Burke a permanent starting spot based off this game. If Burke comes out next game and he struggles and Frank plays well, maybe he'll start Frank the next game. Fisdale has shown us that he's going to do that. He's not just going to latch the horse to a veteran who's just because they're out playing the rookies. And he's also not going to force the rookies out there if they're keeping the team from being competitive. So I do like that about Fisdale. While I would like to see Frank and Knox and Dotson get as many minutes as possible, I got to give it to Fisdale for at least keep trying to keep the team competitive, knowing who has the hot hand. So I don't think you can blame him for that because if, if he doesn't do that and plays Frank and Knox too much and the young guys, when they're not playing too well, then the Knicks aren't going to be as competitive as they have, as they've been this year. And, we give them all the credit for being in all these games this year. They've been in pretty much almost every game in the fourth quarter, and that's because Visdale hasn't overplayed the young guys. So that's one of the positives that we have on the season so far, how competitive they've been, and that's a big part of it. So, yeah, definitely you want to see the young guys play, but I think it's fine when Burke is playing this great, like as efficient as, as, efficient as he was, 31 points on 20 shots, uh, 8 for 10 from the line, it's fair to keep him in because they he's gonna keep you in game, so it, I think it makes sense to ride him when he's hot, but Fisdale's shown that uh when he doesn't have it going and uh Burke and the Vets aren't doing too much to help the team that he will go back to the young guy. So I'm not too worried about it yet until Fisdale actually starts uh overplaying a guy like Burke, but Which, for now I think hopefully okay he okay won't do management.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I, I think you I'm really happy that you, you put it the way you did because it's I, – and I get people who just, no matter what they're doing, want to see Nilakina and Robinson and Knox and Trier and Dotson just get 35 minutes a night and that's it. And if you're not giving those guys 30 to 35 minutes a night, you are doing a bad job of uh, coaching and developing this team. That is not the way it works in the NBA – That is how you lose a locker room in the NBA. Um, That is not how you make your young players better. The thing that, and I said this in the post-game periscope that I did, the thing that's unfortunate is because the veterans that you have to, that Fizz has to mix and match with these kids are such flawed players, um, it's never going to be perfect, at least with the roster as it's currently constituted. And with Trey Burke... You know the defense. You know I thought the defense was good tonight. It's not always as good as it was tonight. Did you Did you feel the same way? You felt it was okay, A passable defense. for Yeah, Burke?
1: I, I think that Burke is the kind of guy who's uh, he's undersized. We know that, but there are gonna, there are some games where I think he does he do a
0: good enough job. Yeah, he does. Yeah, exactly. he fights. He battles. The thing that I was going to say that's unfortunate about Burke and what makes him again not a flawed player because on certain teams this is exact, like this is perfectly fine when he. When he gets to his spots it's he doesn't do so you know he creates efficient offense for himself with those little like creating that like instant gap of space between him and the defender that allows him to like pull up really quickly and drop that you know ten twelve fifteen footer that doesn't create space for your teammates or it doesn't let me rephrase that it doesn't create opportunities for your teammates. So when Trey Burke has it going, it's not like um, a great cut from Trier or Aquino or even like you know, it, it's not going to create like a lob attempt for Mitchell Robinson or um, right. You know, so it's that's that's kind of why I asked you the question. I completely agree. You have to play guys that are at least going to give you a chance to stay in these games because that's how you keep morale at a passable level for 82 games um i just wish true uh, burke's game was a a little bit different for this team which and who knows maybe maybe some team looks at him and's like hey that's the six man that's gonna maybe change a playoff series for us i you know i don't know maybe that's wishful thinking but you know anything's possible um anything else from tonight's game that you think is is worth noting uh,
1: I mean, just to hit on what you were just saying with Burke, I mean, he's a scoring guard. That's what he is. He's never been a high-assist guy. He averaged, uh, he had about eight assists for 36 with the Knicks last year. But other than that, his career average is only about uh, 5.6, which is pretty low for a ball-dominant point guard. So we know what he is. He's going to try and get those mid-range shots. That's what he's looking to do every time he gets the ball. And he can hit them, and when he gets hot, he's going to keep hitting them. I was at that uh, his career high game last year when I believe he had 42 against Charlotte last year. I saw yeah. that game. It was fun to watch. But oh, that's when awesome! He gets that mid range shot going. He could he could fill it up with those. It reminds me a lot of uh, this new modern D Rose. He plays a lot like him. But when he gets it going, he can hit those mid range shots. But like you said, he's not gonna drive and open up the offense too much because that's just not his game. But like we said, just fisdale has to keep the Knicks competitive at the same time he has to develop these guys. And development isn't – it's not this linear thing where it's like more minutes, better development. He has to create a positive culture in which guys have to earn their minutes, in which the team is is competing in games and is getting into uh, situations where they're actually playing for wins at the end and not just uh, racking up minutes for young guys and playing the whole second half down 20 because you're going to have more games like that if you're going to – hitch the wagon to the young guys like the Sixers of the past, the Process Sixers and the Suns of the past few years. The Knicks have these guys, like you said, guys who aren't necessarily good players but guys who have tools and could have these games where they could help you win uh, whether it's Bonlay's rebounding, Burke's scoring and Cantor underneath. They have these guys who are going to have games like this where they're going to help you stay in it even if they're not going to consistently be good players. So I think Fisdale as much as I want to see these guys play and hope that they do earn their way into leading the team in minutes consistently. I think Fizdale. I think he's doing the right thing with the way he's keeping the team competitive and having the young guys earn their spots.
0: Yeah, no, it's. I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, I'll I'll say this in in closing. It just, you know, and maybe it's for the best. Uh, maybe every loss is a win. Um, I I can't in my heart of hearts, embrace that uh, because. I just I don't know. I my my mind doesn't work that way. My I feel like if you're going to build something for the future, um a little taste of wins every now and then is important. Does it really matter? Eh maybe not, but it seems like if, if that were the goal, if the goal was to get, you know, a few more wins here and there, it just seems like Fisdale is playing with like a puzzle that every time he tries to put the pieces together in different combinations, it's like he's a couple pieces short of creating the full picture. And um, I don't know that that's going to change with this particular roster this year. But, you know, again, it's not supposed to be about wins and losses, so that I guess is fine. Yeah, um, I just want to yeah. bounce off that one more
1: time. Like, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for now, because it's been all positive with him. Since he's come in off the court and on totally. the court, just his, his whole persona and uh, the way he's changed. I mean, we talk about culture all the time and all these sports. doesn't really mean anything unless you win, but the culture does seem better. They do seem like a more stable organization that free agents are going to want to play for. So I'll give the benefit of the doubt right now, but I do hope as the season goes on, he starts to see that they're just, like you said, it. how much... Uh, like It's like he's trying to fit the puzzle pieces together and mix and match so much that there just aren't going to be that many perfect combinations for a team like this that has so many one-dimensional cast-off players, young guys, raw guys. There aren't going to be that many combinations that are just going to click and help them win games. So I hope that eventually he does start to just lean on Frank and Knox and just go with it because, like you said, they're not winning games as competitive as they've been. So I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt for now, but I do hope eventually...
0: He just rides with the young guys and lets it go where it might. Well, I, you know what, I, I hope that they, I hope that they step up and show themselves to be more ready for that, um, right? Than they have shown themselves to be so far. And again, if Mitchell Robinson and Kevin Knox and Frank Nillakino, all of sixty years between the three of them, uh, were were completely ready for. Everything that was coming their way, that would be an anomaly, and that's not how things generally work. So it's okay. Um, let's check back in January. Let's check back in February. Let's check back in March. Let's check back in April to see how things are progressing. Um, all right. We've 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 gone on talking a long time about a game in which uh, the Knicks <laughs> largely were not very good. Before we go, is there anything you want to plug or promote?
1: Uh, no. I mean just – Everything at Nick's Film School has been great. We're growing super fast. Got more and more content coming out all the time. It, it's just been so great over there, uh, JB. Everyone, you just—it's been so awesome. So, yeah, Nick Film School is the place to be with the Knicks right now.
0: Well, uh, thank you for those kind words. It's—it uh, it's, has been awesome for me as well. And if you are listening to this um, before the end of the day on Monday, if you have not already done so. Go to nixfilmschool.com. There's a banner at the top of the page. If you click on it, it will give you an opportunity to donate money to uh, the charity that we are rolling with for Thanksgiving, trying to feed uh, families uh, with a uh, company that gives a box of food that families can, uh, who were you know not lucky enough to be able to get this food themselves for Thanksgiving, that they could have and cook themselves a Thanksgiving meal. We started out with a goal of feeding 10 families. Um, we are now approaching the ability to possibly feed 100. And that is all through the generosity and support and kindness of uh, you guys out there. So we really appreciate it. If you have already donated, if you haven't, you know, give a buck, give $2, give whatever you can. It is going to a great place and a great cause. Um, that's it, Michael. Thank you so much for coming on. We will have you on again soon. And to you out there, as always, thank you for listening. Um, You guys are awesome for sticking with this team. There are good times ahead. It will get better. They will not continue to give up 131 points every night. I promise you that. Uh, We will talk to you soon. Have a great week and a great Thanksgiving. And we will be back with you shortly.